0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to give you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones too. I'm Annie Aguiar.
1: I'm Chris Forrester.
0: And we don't have a guest for this episode because we have enough emotions.
1: We have several. (laughs) If you're like us and saw Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's new film, A Star is Born, at least once, we've seen it twice, (laughs) then you've probably been bopping to the soundtrack nonstop. On today's single feature bonus episode of Double Feature, we are going off the deep end to talk about everything we love about this knockout of a movie. So sit back, get some comfy headphones, and watch as we dive in.
0: Listen as we dive in.
1: Listen as we dive in. It was a, a play on words.
0: I think C- you it was know, because
1: Lady Gaga says, "Watch as I dive in." I, think it I don't was just know if wrong. I don't know if you understand how comedy works, but
0: I mean, I do. I don't know if you do. Anyway, this movie is the only movie I ever want to talk about yeah, ever again. Really. I'm sorry, we're canceling the podcast <laughs> because I only want to talk we are about this movie.
1: rebranding as the. A Star Is Born fan cast. <laughs> We're gonna do one of those A Star Is Born minute. You know those podcast formats where it's like we break down the movie a minute. I was a
0: gonna hand. say frame by frame.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that but, would be very many episodes. But,
0: I mean, I'm I'm dedicated.
1: I am dedicated, okay. especially for the the episodes that are just about Bradley Cooper's dog. God,
0: Charlie. One of the best things about this movie is that Jackson Maine, the character Bradley Cooper plays. Has a dog in the movie, and the dog is just played by Bradley Cooper's dog.
1: And then if you watch in the end credits, the <laughs> actor, the performer's name is listed in lowercase, and the character's name is listed in uppercase. So at some point it just says, Charlie, Charlie!
0: <laughs> I give Charlie the Oscar. Give Best. everyone the Oscar. Yes. I...
1: We love A Star is Born. Ugh. So, fun story... Annie and I saw this film Monday, October first, at a press screening in Indy, and I think she cried in my car for for
0: <laughs> the, the drive back for down several, to Bloomington for several
1: minutes straight before we left the theater, and I was just sort of patiently waiting because I was like, I need her to navigate or we're gonna get lost. <laughs> um, and then once she did stop crying and could give me directions, then it was like. You know, every couple... A a sad song would come on my playlist, and... A
0: sad song? The playlist was all depressing. Yeah,
1: it was. (laughs) Well, who am I? Um, And it would just rekindle, like, all of the emotions of this film. So, for those who are not aware, because I wasn't until I did my research, this is actually the fourth version of this story, potentially the fifth, in... 1932, there was a little movie with basically the same story about fame and celebrity in Hollywood rather than in the music industry called What Price Hollywood, which was then followed by maybe a remake, A Star is Born, which was then followed by the 1954 remake starring Judy Garland, and then the 1976 version starring Barbara Streisand. And now the definitive, and in my opinion, having watched all of the other *A Star Is Borns*, yeah. which was a, a fruitless endeavor, <laughs> this is the quintessential and best version of the movie. God,
0: I haven't seen any of the other *A Star Is
1: Borns*. I, I would recommend the Judy Garland one.
0: Okay, I remember when we were talking about going to see this movie, one of our professors was like, "Oh, the Barbra Streisand version is incredible." Did but, you? And
1: our our very esteemed Pulitzer Prize-winning professor who prides himself on his understanding of stories. I had very high hopes for this. It was terrible. It's The story, I think, is fine, and the Bradley Cooper version takes most of its narrative cues from the... It's pretty much the same plot as the original with some cues from the 76 Streisand version because that's the one that makes the jump to the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main... Crippling flaw with the Barbara Streisand one is she is not a good actress in that film, and she and Chris Christofferson, who plays the rock star lead, have zero chemistry.
0: Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga have such incredible
1: they have amazing chemistry and I think the reason that this movie works so well is because it's the first even though these are all tellings of the same story it's the first to really just break it into chunks of the first act is this passionate romance and then the second act is this sort of melodrama about what it's like being a celebrity and the commerce of the (laughs) art world and then the third act is this crushing tragic love story and I think that that's a kind of old maybe contentious choice to split it up so clearly because I think you can especially with the first two acts you can really feel the moment where it transitions and that transition for me doesn't flow super well but I think it's really effective because each of those things works in the ways it needs to especially the first act.
0: Yeah the first act is perfect. I never want to see anyone else fall in love again on screen unless it's Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper it was just so beautiful and sweeping and sweet and goofy
1: yes they have such good chemistry but it's also just so well-directed. There are so many moments, like, there's a moment, the moment of Bradley Cooper, like, stroking Lady Gaga's nose.
0: Chris just stroked my nose. Could have been
1: terrible, (laughs) but the way that it's sort of like this... The camera is just this really, really shallow depth Ugh. of field shot, just like
0: I've never seen a feel, nose touch been so like there erotic. are so
1: many just- moments where the world literally feels like it's dropped away, and you're just watching these two people interact and fall in love, and you can just feel it from the moment they meet that they are going to have the best romance ever.
0: Bradley Cooper is an incredible director. I was blown away. I was how shocked. good. There are some shots that are Kubrickian.
1: Kubrickian. <laughs> now a word in the English dictionary for better or, I would argue, for worse.
0: I mean, probably for Probably worse.
1: for worse. Tarantino-esque is in there, too. Giallo got added whole slew of things.
0: When are we gonna have Cooper-esque?
1: Cooper-esque. The thing is, I think it's not uncommon for an actor to sort of rise up the ranks of like well-known Hollywood actors and then try their hand at directing. Most of them fail. I know Brie Larson tried it. I know who else has tried it. Paul Dano did it. I've heard his film is okay. But most of them don't do a great job because they really only know how to direct actors. But Bradley Cooper has such an understanding of where he wants his camera to be, how he wants to portray things, how he wants to Construct his scenes and plot. He's phenomenal.
0: There are moments when I would argue it is the tiniest bit film school heavy-handed. Oh yeah. There's this recurring, the recurring image and symbol of Bradley Cooper's character's hat. I feel is something that was like, okay, Bradley, we get it. You know what symbolism is.
1: Yeah, that's something that I kind of appreciated a little bit more after watching the other versions because Mm -hmm. in the, it doesn't happen in the '76 version just because of the way that that one ends is a little bit. Different. but in the first two A Star is Born movies there's a dramatic moment before the tragic ending of the character like removing an article of clothing but I think it's but,
0: well the whole thing with this is Bradley Cooper said somewhere he sees a lot of the time where musicians keep their hat on oh, yeah, to yeah. play but he wanted a musician who took his hat off to play because that's when he could that's the only time when he could be emotionally open and honest and bare to the world
1: yeah 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 no I definitely, yeah, yeah. I definitely think that it's heavy handed but I think because as I watched those, I was able to think of it more as like a little bit of like that's one of the defining images of this series mm-hmm. of films now.
0: Yeah, my biggest criticism of the movie is Dave Chappelle's character.
1: He's there for two minutes.
0: He, yeah, it just shows up, no introduction, and then leaves never to appear yeah. again.
1: and he's sort of it's it's one of those things. Even though this cast is rounded out with Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Sam Elliott, you never you never see those people and are like oh, hey, that's Sam Elliott. But Dave Chappelle shows up, and it was one of those moments where I felt compelled to like tap the person next to me and be like, hey,
0: that's Dave Chappelle. I, the cynical part of me thinks that Bradley Cooper only included Dave Chappelle, so he'd be like, see, the cast isn't all white, you know, and you also have Anthony Ramos and yeah. them. Like, I feel like that was, he, Dave Chappelle's character, that whole section could have been expanded, could have been yeah, introduced I a think- lot earlier. Yeah, I think...
1: I understand why he was maybe a little bit afraid of expanding the movie because it's already two hours and 15 minutes long and both the 54 and 76 versions are kind of infamous for being super long. Mm -hmm. The 76 one is two and a half hours, the 54 is three hours and two minutes or something Jesus. obscene like yeah. that. But I wish that it had taken its time more because I think you end up with such a beautiful flourishing romance at the beginning that then for plot reasons has to get pushed into some other stuff before it's been developed enough to really yeah. for that to really work.
0: There are some I, I want to take a moment to talk about something that is a really simple technique but is done so well. It's just like the way this movie is cut. And there are some cuts that just hit you.
1: Oh, yeah. I know exactly what. Well,
0: there's that one in particular, but there's lighter ones throughout. Like, Bradley Cooper ain't afraid to suddenly throw you into something else. Like, there's the one cut to, there's this one part where Bradley Cooper's character is just watching his wife practice at rehearsals, but you only see his character's face. But it's such a sudden cut to that. Yeah. And it's just, Cooper knows what he's doing. You know, you don't have to use the fanciest tools in the world to do something good.
1: Yeah, no, and I think he's really (laughs) remarkably willing to do things that are simple and obvious, but they're effective. He does something similar with humor, and I think in this fourth retelling of a classic Hollywood melodrama, the intuitive thing to do would be to be very serious. But because it's funny, it's easier to feel like you're just watching this joyous romance blossom on the screen and that makes it so much better it's
0: believable
1: it it's is so. it's so believable and there are moments in there that I think really nicely undercut the automatic perception of the male rocker as like super macho but the fact that they meet in a drag bar and then a later scene yeah. with makeup that I think are, which is actually lifted from the 76 version, but it's oh, cute. terrible and cringy there because they have no chemistry uh-huh. and it's not set up as well. It's a really, really brilliant film.
0: I Did you talk in your review about the significance of them meeting in a drag bar? I did. That, that was something beautiful. I
1: really, really appreciated that because the 76 version, Barbara Streisand is also kind of a queer icon, but she's sort of picked up and plunked into this aggressively heterosexual romance with no, like, understanding of that. And I don't expect every film to understand the context it exists in. But I really appreciated that this film took Lady Gaga and put her in that opening scenario because then it allowed there to be queer characters and diversity in the film. And it also acknowledges, like, who Lady Gaga is and who her fan base is. Mm -hmm. And that felt very sweet. That felt like a little, like, Bradley Cooper's behind the curtain, like, Blowing everyone a kiss.
0: Oh, I I want Bradley Cooper to blow me a kiss.
1: The music. uh,
0: I know a bunch of people who haven't seen the movie yet, but have listened to the soundtrack. And it's Annie,
1: like, I have a question. Yes. Why do you look so good in those jeans?
0: <laughs> I'm not wearing jeans right now, Chris, and you should not. No, it's not all the songs are fantastic.
1: Why do you keep texting me like that? Because
0: we're trying to organize recording a podcast.
1: But <laughs> I would actually argue the contrary. I think that there are some songs that are deliberately not great in the movie, but I think they no, kind I, of...
0: No, I like the songs that are deliberately not great.
1: Oh, they're so good.
0: Uh The song I dislike the most is Music to My Eyes.
1: That is a sin. That's such a good... It is
0: so lame and it just...
1: is but I like I think it's super sweet and I like how playful some of the lyrics are like your music to my eyes is an obvious thing but some of the ways that he like plays with the idea of like s- mixing up sight and sound are yeah. really sweet and endearing and I like that song just... obviously the standouts are shallow which <laughs> released before the movie and people loved that song so much that literally the second time we went to see this together in the IMU at the preview screening they had I was standing in line and Annie and I were Guaranteed the only two people there who had seen it because we got into an, a special early screening. Mm-hmm. And there were people, I think it was before you got there, but there were people behind me singing Shallow. And I was just kind of blown away by the fact that this little, like, independent film retelling of, like, a familiar story. Okay, don't I mean, call not it ind- an ind- It's not it's indie, indie because Cooper. it's Bradley Cooper he was in and the Lady hangover. Gaga. But I was blown away that this movie that wasn't, you know, like a big blockbuster, people already, like, knew the songs from. But so Shallow's really good. I'll Never Love Again film version. Mm punches me in the gut every time I'll always
0: remember us this way
1: always remember us this way is the best song on the entire soundtrack i think
0: <sighs> yeah no that's a
1: and the the portion of that film that it rounds out what i think is the strongest like 10 out of 5 portion yeah. of the film it's beautiful it's
0: definitely just musically i've seen articles talk about this but this is this movie and this Music is very much Lady Gaga coming back to knowing her own artistic identity because it's been muddled recently.
1: Yeah, this is a good. I love Joanne. You do first of all. I I think that's her best album.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, that's a take.
1: That is a take, but. Um, Welcome to IDS Double Feature, where the powers that be let us (laughs) in a podcast booth to give you hot takes like Joanne is the best Lady Gaga album.
0: I mean, that's certainly an opinion. It's an opinion. I love Lady Gaga, and I talked to Chris a little bit about this. My late grandfather (laughs) adored Lady Gaga, had a Lady Gaga calendar up in the pantry. His car playlists were half dad rock and half like money honey like <laughs> leo went for the deep cuts so i just adore lady gaga and her art and i feel like this is such a great moment for her yeah and i'm so excited for the new album i'm just so
1: yes and i think another thing that some of that the best two um a star is born films this one in the 54 version i've done really well is allow like a touch of autobiography to come into them both in like the for the director especially here with Bradley Cooper directing and starring in it he's the first director to do that but in terms of the 1954 version was a little bit based on Judy Garland's career and the 2018 version is very much about Lady Gaga and her rise to fame and some of her own issues with herself and her identity and that makes it even more poignant
0: so many things are lifted from gaga and her biography like the whole her being self-conscious about her nose when gaga started out like a music executive told her like you need to get a nose job it's so this movie this version of this movie wouldn't have worked not being lady gaga
1: oh yeah there's a amazing amazing and amazing 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 profile by taffy Ugh. of the new york times of Bradley Cooper, and it. I learned from reading that, 20 out of 10 would recommend reading that, it's great, that there was originally a version of this film conceived of where Clint Eastwood would direct, yuck, Bradley Cooper would star, yum, and <laughs> Beyoncé would co-star. That version of this movie, beyond the fact that I hate Clint Eastwood as a director, and I think that he's inept in most ways, would be terrible because Beyoncé... She's
0: too powerful. ...is
1: too powerful and has been too famous for too long. Yeah. This movie works because... It has a star who we've all sort of rooted for as she was the up-and-coming like pop star who had to find her voice and struggle with body image issues and a whole slew of things. And because we know how genuine those struggles are for Lady Gaga, I think it's subliminally even more affecting to watch her character, Ally, go through them. She
0: sells it so well, is what you first think, but then you realize she's not selling anything. It's yeah. just her. It's
1: the thing I thought of in... I don't even like this movie, but is the scene where Michael Keaton like shares the thing in Birdman about the that cocktail napkin that says, Thank you for an honest performance. God. I wanna I, give that to Lady Gaga yeah. in this movie.
0: I love Birdman, so we'll have to talk about that another time.
1: But us, so. we do both love A Star is Born.
0: I have the, gi- we got these giant posters. In yes. DVD. I have it up on my Mine's wall.
1: above my kitchen sink so I can like look at Lady Gaga when I'm washing dishes. I just love it so much. All right. Much. What Oscars does it deserve? What are our picks? It can be now. It d- we don't have to do this okay. predicting what like Roma All and right. First Man and Buster Scruggs are going to be. But right I'd now. like
0: to make an argument for best adapted screenplay.
1: Yes, I would make that argument even having seen all the other ones and knowing what it's an adaptation of because mm-hmm. I think it wisely lifts the right moments, like the structure of the original with some of the fleshing out of that that the yeah. later ones did. Good, I agree. If,
0: if this doesn't win Best Adapted Screenplay, what the hell was that category even made for?
1: I don't know. I don't know what
0: like the... Book. Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. But let's see, what else? Uh, Best Actress. Like... Oh,
1: Best Actress. I
0: I don't think Cooper is gonna get Best Actor.
1: I don't think so either, because Best Actor just because of the nature of Hollywood favoring men, that tends to be a more stacked Oscar race. But I think Best Actress is Lady Gaga
0: easily. Lady Gaga's on her way to an EGOT. Like. Oh
1: yeah. Well, it was just announced today, I think, that she's going to be in a Broadway show next year. So got is oh lit. She's, it's going to happen.
0: Did you ever see her in American Horror Story?
1: I did not, but she's I know she won her Emmy for that.
0: Incredible. Lady Gaga is... I don't think people appreciate her in terms of just I know like
1: you can just put the Gaga. period there. Yeah, people there don't, you appreciate go. people don't appreciate her. People don't appreciate her. I think her. I've seen a few takes on Twitter that I hate that have basically said that, no, she doesn't deserve Best Actress because too much of the good in her performance is just her singing a I think is wrong but B I think this movie is so powerful because it casts a bona fide like amazing vocalist who can also act really 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 well yeah and it lets so much of her character come through not just in her vocals but in the way that she performs during like, those like watch performances. her hunch
0: over a piano
1: or like. or watch when she's performing Shallow and her face is going through this whole, like, whirlwind of uh. emotions. She's covering her eyes because she can't believe how many people are watching and cheering for her. It's great. All right, so... Adapted Screenplay, Best Actress. Actor. It better, It's going to be nominated for, for Best, Best Picture. Picture. And I think this is, while I can't say whether or not I think by the time the Oscars are, if this will be my pick for Best Picture of the nominees.
0: If it wins, I won't be upset.
1: Oh, if it wins, I will be very happy. I'm saying I think this is going to be the movie that two movies a year Twitter says It better win Best Picture or else, which is good because I'd rather see this be that movie than Black Panther. How about Venom? Oh, yeah. Venom, the best romance of the year.
0: (laughs) All right. This was originally supposed to be 10 minutes.
1: But we love A Star is Born. It's 10 minutes for each time that we've seen the movie. So, Annie, do you want to go see A Star is Born Again right now?
0: I want to see it every day of my life.
1: Yeah. I want to watch the first hour so I don't have to cry.
0: Oh my God! I have cried so much over this
1: movie. Oh yeah, I know. You cried in my car again the other day. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, because I did.
1: because Never Love Again came on.
0: I'm also just a wimp.
1: But anyways, we at IDS Double Feature adore this film, and that's that.
0: That's that. Thank you so much for tuning into this bonus episode. We don't know when there's going to be another one. It'll Come when inspiration be a surprise. strikes us. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much.